Ezekiel chapter 30, verse 1. And there is a word of Jehovah unto me, saying, 2. Son of man, prophesy, and thou hast said, Thus said the Lord Jehovah, Howl ye, ha, for the day. The Lord is prophesying through Ezekiel that Egypt should cry for itself, the very loud cry. 3. For near is a day, near is a day to Jehovah, a day of clouds, the time of nations it is. He says a day is coming when the nations are going to attack Egypt. Nebuchadnezzar did attack Egypt in Pharaoh Hophra's time. Another name for this pharaoh is Apres. He is the same pharaoh who had promised to help Israel when Nebuchadnezzar attacked Jerusalem, but he didn't follow through with his promise. And now the Lord is prophesying against Egypt. Because Babylon is an empire, there are many nations under it. People from different nationalities will attack Egypt as part of Babylon's army. 4. And come in hath a sword to Egypt, and there hath been great pain in Cush, in the falling of the wounded in Egypt, and they have taken its store, and broken down have been its foundations. Cush is a name for Ethiopia, which is south of Egypt. Nebuchadnezzar will take from the storehouses of Ethiopia, which means he'll take some of their supplies. 5. Cush and Foot and Lud and all the mixture and Chub and the sons of the land of the covenant with them by sword do fall. Ethiopia, Libya, and Lydia will all be hurt as well as Egypt because they all surround the southern sides of Egypt. They will be affected by this attack from Babylon as well. 6. Thus said Jehovah, And fallen hath supporters of Egypt, and come down hath the arrogance of her strength. From Migdol to Syene, by sword they fall in her, an affirmation of the Lord Jehovah. These nations that surround Egypt from the south will also fall with her, because they supported her. 7. And they have been desolated in the midst of desolate lands, and its cities are in the midst of wasted cities. In the last chapter, the Lord had said that he would allow Nebuchadnezzar to profit from overtaking Egypt. This chapter is saying that Nebuchadnezzar will also spoil the surrounding nations as well. The cities are going to be burned, and people are going to either get killed in the cities, or they're going to have to run and hide. 8. And they have known that I am Jehovah, in my giving fire against Egypt, and broken hath been all her helpers. 9. In that day go forth do messengers from before me in ships to trouble confident Cush, and there hath been great pain among them as the day of Egypt, for lo, it hath come. Ethiopia touches the Red Sea and the Arabian Sea. Some of the forces that attack from Babylon will come by way of the sea. The Lord says that these forces will come from him. Even though Babylon is pagan, he uses the pagan nations to work his will. Nebuchadnezzar is going to be coming as a servant of the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar is a puppet of the Lord. 10. 
Thus said the Lord Jehovah, I have caused the multitude of Egypt to cease by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar will kill a lot of Egyptians. 11. He and his people with him, the terrible of nations, are brought in to destroy the land, and they have drawn their swords against Egypt, and have filled the land with the wounded. The soldiers of Nebuchadnezzar will kill and injure Egyptians. 12. And I have made floods a dry place, and I have sold the land into the hand of evildoers, and I have made desolate the land and its fullness by the hand of strangers, I, Jehovah, have spoken. He says that he is going to let evil people rape and spoil the land of Egypt. These evil people will come from Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, and they will be strangers to the Egyptians. Whenever strangers attack, that's not good. You don't speak their language, and they will have no mercy on you, because you can't plead or negotiate with them. 13. Thus said the Lord Jehovah, And I have destroyed idols, and caused vain things to cease from Naph, and a prince of the land of Egypt there is no more, and I give fear in the land of Egypt. In the last chapter the Lord said that for forty years Egypt would be desolate, so for forty years it would not have a great ruler, and he says that the idols will be destroyed in the city of Naph and abroad. Usually when an invading army destroys another nation, they break down their idols. Even though all of these pagan nations were worshipping multiple gods, often one nation would worship a different set of gods than the nation that they were invading, so they would tear down the idols of the nation that they were invading to show that their gods were more powerful. 14. And I have made Pathros desolate, and I have given fire against Zoan, and I have done judgments in No. Pathros is going to lose its population, the city of Zoan is going to be burned, and also the city of No is going to be destroyed. 15. And I have poured out my fury on Sin, the stronghold of Egypt, and I have cut off the multitude of No. Sin is a town in Egypt, and it's interesting that Egypt would have a town called Sin. Sin is a stronghold in Egypt spiritually because they keep sinning because they worship false gods. But there's also a town called No, and the Lord was going to destroy both of those towns. 16. And I have given fire against Egypt. Greatly pained is Sin, and No is to be rent, and Naph hath daily distresses. Naph is going to be harassed by the foreign armies on a daily basis. The soldiers will torment, rape, and plunder the city over and over again, causing the people to have great distress and be very worn out emotionally, whereas Sin and No are going to be destroyed with fire. 17. The youths of Avon and Pibeseth by sword do fall and these into captivity do go. The young people of the two towns of Avon and Pibeseth will either be killed or taken as slaves to Babylon. 18. And in Tehaphnaes hath the day been dark, 
In my breaking there the yokes of Egypt, and ceased in her hath the excellency of her strength. She, a cloud, doth cover her, and her daughters into captivity do go. The sky is going to be darkened over the city of Tehephnehes. This could be a cloud of smoke from battle, and it could also be a spiritual cloud of despair and destruction. It says that their people, including their young women, will go into captivity in Babylon, perhaps to be wives or servants to Babylonians. 19. And I have done judgments in Egypt, and they have known that I am Jehovah. People don't want to worship the Lord as the one and only God, so he proves to them that he is the one and only God by punishing them. 20. And it cometh to pass, in the eleventh year, in the first month, in the seventh of the month, hath the word of Jehovah been unto me, saying, This would be the eleventh year of Ezekiel's captivity in the land of the Chaldeans. Now we're going back in time again, before Jerusalem was destroyed. The last chapter was ended with a prophecy that would take place about 15 years after Jerusalem was destroyed, but this prophecy starting in verse 20 of chapter 30 is now going back in time to before Jerusalem was destroyed. Son of Man 21. The arm of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, I have broken, and lo, it hath not been bound up to give healing, to put a bandage to bind it, to strengthen it, to lay hold on the sword. This is a metaphor. God says that he is going to break the arm of King Pharaoh, but nobody will put that arm in a sling so that it can heal and one day carry a sword again. This could represent his legacy, because he himself was murdered by his own soldiers after he had been defeated by Nebuchadnezzar. His soldiers revolted and they killed him. This broken arm that won't be healed could represent his soldiers. 22. Therefore thus said the Lord Jehovah, Lo, I am against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and I have broken his arms, the strong one and the broken one, and have caused the sword to fall out of his hand. Pharaoh won't be able to fight at all. He won't be able to fight with a broken arm that was his sword arm, and he won't be able to fight with the unbroken arm because God is going to break both of them. This is a metaphor, and it means that Hophra, otherwise known as Pharaoh Apres, will not have any way of fighting because his own army would eventually revolt against him. Your army is your arms. That's what you fight with but he won't be able to fight with the army that he used to fight with. 23. And scattered the Egyptians among nations, and I have spread them through lands. This is because the Babylonians will take some of the Egyptians as slaves and scatter them among the empire of Babylon, which includes multiple nations. 24. And strengthened the arms of of the king of Babylon, and I have given my sword into his hand, and I have broken the arms of Pharaoh, and he hath groaned the groans of a pierced one before him. A pierced one is somebody who has been stabbed with a sword, and Pharaoh Apres is going to moan and groan as if he had been stabbed with a sword when Babylon overtakes him 
and his army rebels against him. The Lord also says that Pharaoh's army in part will be given to King Nebuchadnezzar. Some of those soldiers ended up helping Nebuchadnezzar instead of Apres. 25. And I have strengthened the arms of the king of Babylon, and the arms of Pharaoh do fall down, and they have known that I am Jehovah, in my giving my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he hath stretched it out toward the land of Egypt. In the Bible a raised arm or a stretched out arm is an arm of battle, and it means that you're going forward in offense. Nebuchadnezzar's arm is going to be stretched out and moving forward in battle, but Pharaoh Apri's arms are both going to go down by his side, and this shows impotence. This shows that he cannot fight. 26. And I have scattered the Egyptians among nations, and I have spread them through lands, and they have known that I am Jehovah. They won't be able to deny who the true God is, when the one true God defeats them. And that concludes Ezekiel chapter 30.